Hell. Hey, Chad. Gotti Jr. here. How you doing? Hey, how are you? Jason, you still here? Uh, Jason's on a crappy iPhone 6, so he drops off a lot. Yeah, I'm still here. iPhone 6. <laughs> I'm trying to make it work. Yeah, I went for the big one. Well, with the big one, huh? Yeah, I went big. <laughs> I haven't bent it, though. Well, that's that's a bonus. Yeah. Now, Chad, would you say of all the things that you accomplish in RC, this here, being on a Radio Impound podcast, has to be one of the greatest moments you've ever experienced in RC? Oh, you know it is. <laughs> yeah, Chad talks to me about it all the time. He's like, you guys going to put me on there? Now, Chad, we were discussing earlier about the radio race, uh, the, the lottery going on now, and there's a lot of people upset that they're not making it in there. What, what do you think about all that? Well, I mean, yeah, I mean, it's tough. I mean, there's, you know, 500-some people or something like that that signed up for, you know, the, the one uh, open class there, and they only take 200, so um, it, it's a, it's uh, a tough deal. How would you deal. respond to the people who say there's a lot of favoritism going on in the selection process? Well, I mean, I think that's probably a, probably taking it a little far. I mean, I think there's a, maybe a little bit of favoritism there, but I, I don't think I, I I think no matter I mean no matter how you do it, it's gonna it's gonna look that way. I think to to some people, and uh, <clears throat> I, don't, I don't think there's a, a good solution no matter what you do. And I, I, the only other solution you have is is to to open it up, uh, you know, some X day, and everybody's got to everybody everybody's got to pay immediately. But that becomes a problem too because how do you get 500 people all of a sudden that want to sign up at once? <laughs> That's going to cause problems, and it, it's not any better. So I think no matter what they do, they they uh, they lose out in that situation. But uh, when you have a race that's, that everybody wants to go to that badly, uh, it's the kind of thing that's going to happen. It's also a good problem to have, right? It is a good problem to have. <laughs> that's very true. Uh, when you got a race that everybody wants to go to that badly, it's um it's a very good thing to have. You got a you got a race a uh, big race coming up at your track too, right? Yeah, that's correct. We got the uh, Spectrum Off Road uh, Championships. Uh, it's at Trackside uh, Raceway. Um, it's uh, in uh, two weeks actually, the seventh, uh, eighth, and ninth of November. Um, so that's it's coming up real soon. Um, so how are the, how are the entries looking? For the spectrum race, well, it's it's going to be it's going to be very <laughs> it's probably our biggest one we've ever had. Um, it, wow. it seems to look that way. It, it's a little difficult for us to judge that. Um, the reason being, we we kind of have a limited uh, pitting area is is one of our biggest problems that we have at trackside. Uh, it's another one of those races that uh, we typically sell out in you know maybe a, a a few weeks uh, worth of time of it of the event being open, and uh, the reason we sell out is is more because we can only fit 160 physical people in the building um, due to the limitation of pit spots. So <clears throat> the race fills up, you know, in that regards, really quick. Everybody only signs up, you know, what one class typically, and and we we have a difficult time judging exactly how many entries we get. But um, as of recently, uh, we did some. Uh, totals on some of the classes and um, just buggies alone nets you know two-wheel drives and four-wheel drive buggies there's uh, just shy of 300 uh, entries right now just just in the buggy class so um, that uh, totals something like 119 modified buggies um, is the biggest class so it's it's pretty uh, it's pretty awesome <laughs> now you're only allowed to use spectrum radios at this uh, event correct <laughs> no, not so much, but <laughs> I think they would they would like that, I bet. That's a um that's a lot of mod buggies for one race, huh? It, yeah, that is a lot of mod honestly I, I was trying to think about it and we were we were kinda actually a bunch of us when we were sitting around the track after club racing on Tuesday, we were kinda talking about it a little bit and I, I I'm not sure that I've um really been to a race that besides like a world championships that uh had more in one class like that, um, probably any race that I can really think of. <clears throat> yeah, it's uh, it's pretty rare. Uh, that's yeah, rare. it doesn't happen too often. No, I mean I remember recently there was some race that had like 90 mod buggies and 
it's definitely a super popular class on the circuit. <laughs> I mean, uh, yeah, a lot of people want to sign up for that. It's almost like the sure. race itself. It's kind of the prestigious class to be in. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, definitely. And it seems in our, you know, the Midwest area here up, up towards Wisconsin area, it's, it's, it's especially in the last, uh, you know, since, since the beginning of the year, kind of when the uh, B5M kind of came out, it's really picked up steam um, just in general. Even even the stock class, I, th- I think we have something like 96 stock buggies or something like that. So um, it's pretty it's pretty unbelievable. <laughs> It's it's not it's not untypical I'm to have four heats of stock buggy racing uh, on a, just a, a Tuesday night, and on our uh, other days it's it's typically even more than that. I mean, do you know as far as the four heats, like how much all the cars weigh? <clears throat> how much all the cars weigh? <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's all anybody. That's that's all they care about, right? Is how much they weigh. That is true. I, I'll tell you, we have a scale at, uh, that's right kind of by the door on the entrance to our hobby shop, and that thing has always got a car sitting on it. <laughs> it's like a race within the race. It kind of is. Whoever gets the car the lightest, the fastest, seems to be the uh, winner. <clears throat> I don't remember if I told this story before. We had a <clears throat> When we raced the world the first time, we all went to Japan in 95. Scott Hughes was well, his nickname was the squirrel, so he was being a squirrel. And in four wheel, he didn't like racing a four wheel for some reason, even though he was—he's a badass driver. <clears throat> and what he did was his competition for the weekend was every time he brought it through tech, he wanted it to be the lightest car there. <laughs> so he was taking every qualifier; he was taking things off of it. And it got to the point it got to the point where he was taking screws off the car. He was like you know, he's like, Well, it has four screws holding on the tower, I'll just use two, one in each corner. And he, wow. he's doing this he's doing this at the world. And uh it got to the point where he had a um his under tray was on the bottom of the car and there was like a piece that held the under tray on the front of the car. And he's like, you know what? I'm just going to servo tape my under tray on. And he goes, I can take off this, this, this heavy piece that, you know, um, pulled on my under tray. So he's out there in a world qualifier. <clears throat> he's on a great run. And the under tray falls off on the straightaway. And it plows just like a truck into the end of the straightaway wall. It just <laughs> it flips the front just flips down and it starts dragging the dirt and he just goes straight into the wall. <laughs> uh, yeah, sometimes so, uh, having a light car isn't necessarily the answer. Yeah. So, uh, it was really funny. Yeah, I, I could imagine. <laughs> well, talk to us about uh, about your racing, you know, kind of how you got, um, you know, quickly how you kind of got into RC and kind of how you got um, on the associated team? Well, I started uh, really racing um, sometime around 95, 96, somewhere in there. Um, it was kind of on and off at first, but uh, I I kind of grew up around RC stuff my entire life. My old man, he, he did a lot with uh, airplanes, and uh, he always had uh, some cars that he had laying around that we would play around with the uh, out at the campground when I was, you know, six, seven years old. And uh, <clears throat> on my 12th birthday, they gave me a RC-10 T2 for uh, for that. And, and uh, I started racing after that, which was right around, right around 95 or 96. I ran that for quite a while. Um, and uh, I would say probably not until I was really out of high school, um, that I really get kind of get too serious about, uh, about racing. Um, I did a lot with, uh, baseball. I actually played college baseball for a couple of years until, uh, I, uh, had broke, broke my ankle. Um, and that kind of put me out of, uh, any dreams of doing that. But, um, after that, I, I started racing more. Um, I actually moved to Milwaukee to go to school. And, uh, that was when I started racing at trackside. 
Um, of course, Scott Ehrenstone at then, but um, pretty much the whole time that I was uh, in college, I worked at Trackside um, as a part-time job, which meant I was there all the time. <laughs> and uh, in 2006 um, is actually when I was first sponsored by Associated, um, and that kind of came about uh, the Nationals, the Roar Nationals was... Uh, in Indianapolis that year, um, and it was only maybe three or four hours from Milwaukee, so I was able to get down there. And uh, kind of as a privateer, I, I didn't have any sponsorships at that point besides, I think, Team Orion maybe at that time. Um, and uh, I was able to make the A-Main and two-wheel drive buggy. And then uh, kind of the rest is history from there. Um, I ended up with Associated and Reedy and uh, I think Jake Concepts was right around the same time, maybe a year later, something like that. And uh, I've been with these guys for, for quite a while now. And, um, you know, you went on quite a run a few years ago, and you won, um, would you win Motorama 3D Race? Um, what what particular year was that? That was uh, 2011 and 2012, really, were probably, um, at this point, I'd say were my peak. <laughs> Um, yeah, you know, um, that, that year was, that year was pretty cool. Uh, I, I, Motorama went really good that year. I think I won four classes or something like that. And, um, I know the nationals that year too. I was, I was in the main in all three classes and, and then in January that, uh, of, of 2012, I was, I won the open class and two wheel drive at, at the Reedy race. Um, but yeah, all those, those races were it was a pretty good string, that's for sure. <laughs> so it's amazing that you're able to win, but even more amazing that you got in the race. Well, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Sometimes that is the case. But, yeah, I mean, it's uh, obviously an awesome year. I mean, that stuff. Uh, in the Reedy race, it's kind of a tough race to win in the open class because of the double-A mains, right? There's only two. Yeah, exactly. That that double-A main format uh, is, is really, it's, it's really different, you know, we're not typically used to that kind of format. I mean, obviously everybody knows either, either single mains, but a lot of the races and then, uh, you know, the large ones are triple A mains. Um, but, uh, the double A main setup, you really can't have a bad race. So it's, uh, it's very unique in that, in that sense. Yeah. And then, and then the second main is always has more weight than the first one. So basically if you're going to get a second place, it has to be the first main and you need to, really put your best run in in the second main, right? Yeah, correct. And actually, the year that I won, um, the first race, I actually finished third. Um, I think it was Frank uh, that won that race the first day, and um, I think Brent was second, Brent Filkey. And um, I uh, I finished third in the first one, and then the second one, um, I think Frank made a mistake real early in the race. It was maybe like a minute in, and uh, I was able to get in the lead, and held the lead the whole time, and Brent ended up second, you know, maybe a few seconds behind, a few corners behind, and because I had a first and a third, uh, my my points total was better than uh, was better than, than Brent, so I ended up winning the overall. You know, Brent, uh, look, Brent got second two or three times now? Yeah, I think so. I, I think maybe three times? I, I'm not, I can't remember, but I think last year was the third time. It's got to be frustrating, I imagine. <clears throat> <laughs> well, I notice he's on the list, so this could be the year. It could be. <clears throat> so talk to us about your um, experience with the different cars through Associated. We'll um, talk about that a little bit. You know, from you know when you kind of first made the main at the Nationals, you were on the B4 into the the different uh, you know rear motor to mid motor options. And talk about that a little bit. Sure. Um, yeah, I mean, the cars have definitely evolved. I mean, it, it, the, the evolution's really been as of recently. I, I mean, the last couple of years is really, really where the evolution has changed. But I mean, up to that point, yeah, there was, there was minor changes, but that B4 platform was pretty unreal for a lot of years. Um, mm-hmm. it was, it was definitely a hard car to beat. Um, but the, the change between the, the rear motor and the mid, I mean, it's really, it's really, it's actually made it almost easier. Um, it's kind of kind of funny to say that, but um, 
everybody's everybody's going a lot faster now, of course, than they they were then. And and if you if you look at kind of the end of the the rear motor era, I guess you call it, um, you know, really the equipment now isn't uh, that we're putting in the cars hasn't changed a lot. Um, but of course the the design has, um, and the difference in speed is is pretty unbelievable. Um, and it kind of shows you the uh, maybe the lack. Um, maybe how 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 little the, the cars really worked before <laughs> um to kind of yeah. help you get around the track it was more uh you know a natural talent or or um maybe little things that 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 you did to the car to modify them um that that really made the difference uh, in the past where now everybody's kind of on an even playing field with the, with the cars you really can just go buy a car kit and you can race no different than the professional guy does um and uh, it really comes down to just wheeling it, and you can really drive them hard nowadays. That's for sure. What do you think? Um, you know, as you transition from the rear motor to the mid motor, um, you know, what have you, you know, what have you kind of learned? And and uh, you know, you know, between the two cars, and you know, maybe helping somebody that you know hasn't actually went to mid motor yet, and, and you know, what can they expect? And you know. Some stuff that you've learned, maybe. Yeah, I, I think I think the, the the big the big difference is is um, just the, the 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 ease of getting the car around the track. I mean, if, if, if you're someone that's that's kind of on the fence between do I get a mid motor car or you know they they still are fairly fairly new in our in our industry, but um, you know if you're kind of thinking about it, it's 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 just easier to go faster around the track the, the car kind of works for you um i don't know if there's been really too many setup things that that really are different it's actually kind of funny when when we started running the, the central conversion of the b4 um you know beginning of last year um you know realistically we, we weren't really doing anything different setup wise um in fact we were trying to emulate the same setups that uh we had on our rear motor cars um it's just when you when you went to the mid motor car you could you could drive it faster in high speed corners you could you know drive the car harder into the corners and 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 it was it was just overall lap time faster and easier to drive <clears throat> so now as you transitioned into the b the b five line um what are you liking about this liking about this car versus like the c four stuff well the biggest advantage is the strength of it um you know the the you can pretty much bash it as hard as you can <laughs> as hard as you can you can hit something and and you can really drive away um you know in the in the past the the the, the cars were a little bit fragile um if you did do something uh you know maybe not so smart um it, it would break or now uh, man, you could drive right straight into a wall and not really break it um which right. which is which is equated to you know, being more confident on the track, you can you can do things that maybe you wouldn't have tried before. Uh, maybe there's some triple mm-hmm. that that you had to turn right away, and before you went, no way, I'm doing that. I, I'm going to break my car, you know. And now, now you just you just go for it. And so, uh, mm-hmm. you know, there's a lot of confidence there. <clears throat> and as far as the uh, you know the layout of the car itself, and I mean, have you uh, I mean have you been anywhere where the car doesn't even work? I mean, is it everything? I mean, where you have to vary so far off of your standard setup, or is it in pretty good shape? Yeah, that's that's actually kind of funny. We uh, Dustin Evans and I, we ended up uh, another Jay Concepts guy. We ended up um, at a, at a race in Iowa, the Hobby Haven Shootout, and everybody before we went there, because we all were asking, trying to find out what tires kind of were we needed to have with us, or you know what what was kind of going on, and and everybody before we went there. Everybody told us you gotta have a rear motor car. You have to have a rear motor car, and and that that's all we kept hearing. And then we got there, and and we we, we saw the track, and it was kind of rainy that weekend. But they they uh, they got the track to where we could run on it, and it was it looked really slippery. We were just kind of watching people drive around the track, and it looked really really slick. And all these people were running rear motor cars, and. And we're like, oh boy, this might be bad. We don't really have rear motor cars. That's all we brought is our mid motors. So, <laughs> um, you know, we both decide, all right, let's just go out there and see what it's like. 
And it was really funny because we were the only ones that really ran them that way. And we immediately went out there and were just substantially faster than, than the people with the, the rear motor cars. And then everybody kind of noticed and, and they, they went and switched to their, to their other car and they went out and ran it. And all weekend, that's all we heard was it's unbelievable how much faster the mid motors were on a surface that everybody basically said they would never work on. <laughs> yeah. And it, it, it's really pretty amazing um, that that's the case. It really is. So basically what you're finding is, um, you know, through, through tire selection and everything else, uh, I got jazzy dog, but <laughs> that's our trained as hack dog. But, uh, yeah, so what you're kind of finding is the fact that the, um, even before when you thought that you needed a rear motor, now the mid motors even moving in as a, as a really, really good option. Yeah, that that is really the case. I mean, I, I I honestly after after that race and how slippery it really was and how how different that was to anything that really is kind of happening at all the other races where the, all this high traction and you know sugar tracks and carpets and all this stuff that's going on, this was pretty much the exact opposite and um, in a place that everybody kind of told us it would never happen and 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 they they seem to they they excel actually in that that area too. The kind of um as you're going to prep here for the the spectrum race uh, what can the guys expect that are coming in there um you know that you know you've driven a little bit have a club race uh club racing on the track you know what what do the guys usually expect coming in as far as how uh the cars work there at that race sure um yeah the the grip level at, at tracks it's it's pretty it's pretty good. Um, I, I, it's maybe mid to high traction uh, most of the mm-hmm. time. Um, the big difference is that the track is is tighter. It's it's kind of skinny um, in comparison to some of the some of the larger tracks out there. Um, so I, I think the the big thing that catches most people off is is one uh, the track surface changes a lot. So a lot of people will come in there with you know what they think is their their hot setup or you know, what we'd normally run or whatever, whatever the case is, um, you know, and they, they, they go out on the track immediately and they make an assessment. Um, and it's probably not the right thing to do. And this happens at a lot of races. It's not just ours. Um, but you kind of have to be patient, especially indoor racing, um, and kind of let the track come, come, come in. And I think that's probably the biggest mistake that most people make. They start off too early and they get, uh, uh, they start making too many changes right off the bat. Yeah, that's correct. And and I I think I think a lot of times you know the cars you kind of got to get to a standard setup and and you know just kind of have confidence in in yourself and in the in that setup and in the car that it's going to work. And you you just have to be patient sometimes because because sometimes the tracks just take a while to really get where they're they're going to be when you actually race. <clears throat> and uh, you got a, a new associated car in the fleet got the the B forty four point three now. Do you have some time on that car, or how much time do you have on that one? Yeah, I've ran it a couple times. Um, I uh, practiced with it uh, last Sunday. Um, I did some running with it at the track. Um, I'm kind of fortunate I can run after hours, so <laughs> I, I can run when nobody else is around. But um, I did run it. Uh, it kind of is. <laughs> Uh, but, um, yeah, I ran it then and it was, it was really good. And I, I actually thought, uh, it was better than, than my old car by quite a bit. Um, it, it really was consistent and, and, um, it was, it was fast, it was much, much faster, I think, than my old car was. What, um, what are you going to go with there in terms of, uh, are you going to go full, uh, gear discs? Or are you going to go ball discs front and rear? Or how are you going to, how would you recommend setting it up? Yeah, I, well, see, that's a, that's that's a little bit of a tricky question, and and the reason I say that is, um, a lot of people seem to give the the gear diff, especially the associated uh, diehards, um, they they've mm-hmm. kind of always um, gave the gear diffs a hard time. They they didn't really give them much of a chance. Um, they didn't really try to make some setup changes to to uh, you know, kind of kind of compensate for the the difference in the way they drive. Um, and, and kind of to give them some time to kind of feel them out a little bit. 
Um, and I actually, I was running, I've been running them for, uh, in the other car using, um, uh, some, some test diffs and some stuff like that from Durango that we had converted into the, the B44.2. And I, I had actually been running that for the last, I don't know, eight or nine, maybe a year almost now. Um, and, and I've gotten really comfortable driving them and I think there's a big advantage to them. Um, they definitely accelerate substantially. I mean, like way more than, than you to get with, uh, the, the ball disc. Um, and, uh, I think it might take a little bit smoother driver, um, to use them because, uh, you kind of, you kind of can get carried away cause they do, uh, deliver so much power. Um, but, uh, I run a little bit less motor than, than maybe you typically would. Um, you know, for old driver, everybody seems to want to strap five fives or six fives in their car. Um, right. <laughs> but I'll run a seven five and, and it, I, I find it actually seems to be smoother to drive and, and, and actually easier to drive. So, I mean, basically what you're saying is the car out of the box is, is a pretty good starting setup, even on your track, right? Yeah. Yeah. The, the setup right out of the box is, is really is pretty good. You hear that box stock is good. Who'd have thunk? <clears throat> a lot of these guys, they love to change everything, huh? Yeah, I think, uh, like I think people stuff. get a little carried away. They do like to change stuff. Oh, yeah, they, everybody likes to change stuff. <clears throat> it, it is a big change, I think, for a lot of a lot of the like the associated people that have been running 44.2s for a long time. There, there is a, a very big difference in, in the way the, the gear disc drive compared to a ball disc. Um, but I think with time, uh, people will, will see the, the benefit to running them. So uh, what's what's your third class going to be at the Spectrum? Are you going to run short course? Yeah, I'm going to run short course. Ugh, short course. Ugh. <laughs> what, you don't like short course? Oh. <laughs> no, short course is great for new new people. It really is. What's going on here, man? I thought this uh, short course was slowing down. Well, it's slowing down at our track, I'll tell you that, but I think it's partially all the buggies. <laughs> People are buggy bananas right now. They are buggy bananas. <clears throat> if you get yeah, I think three... as, soon as, as soon as the people come out with a new short course truck, it'll be, it'll be big again. Yeah, TLR just released one, so maybe that'll be yep. just in time for Chad's race. Maybe they'll stack in a few more entries. Yeah, it, it's, it's possible. Yeah, what about stadium truck, man? I just don't think you need both. <laughs> Pick one. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Get rid of short course. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> I guess I set myself up for that one. <laughs> yeah, it's the one thing I, I don't really like. I, I don't like both classes. I, I, I think it should be one or the other, and well, I hate to say it, but I, I think it should be short course. <laughs> <laughs> Let me ask you a question. Sure. If I'm getting into the hobby and and I see a short course truck and a stadium truck, I'm going stadium truck. Yeah, yeah, but but you're you're experienced at it. You you understand. Are I mean, experienced. You, you, well, you're experienced enough. You, 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 <laughs> um, yeah, I, I think I think a new Oh boy, <laughs> that is a while ago. <laughs> <laughs> Gotti just. Uh, when Gotti quit racing, they just came out with commutator truers. <laughs> <laughs> Don't let him kid you. He's got a big, he's got a P main trophy that he's really proud of. Ooh, that's the way to do it. Yeah, you knocked that P main trophy, Jason. But that race went all the way down to the Z main. Mm. Wow, that ain't bad. See, fifty percent, you're halfway up. <laughs> <laughs> You're like man, you're, it's like you either. It, that's the whole half uh, empty, half full theory, right? That, that was, yeah. That's the glass half full. You're like, you're like, ugh. you're like, I'm either at the, you're at the top or you're in the bottom half. I'm either in the top half or the bottom half. Now, what were we talking about again? We're talking, we're talking about short course. Yeah, short course. Like, if I'm getting into the hobby and I'm looking at a short course truck and a stadium truck. Dude, I'm starting off with a stadium truck. Well, my question is: Does the guy with the short with the stadium truck actually finish the run, or does he have a broken arm or a broken part <laughs> on his car? 
that's part of it. That's that's and that's and that's where I think the issue is with the with the with the the stadium stadium truck class is it, it's it's still they're fragile um, and uh, they don't bash as well. Um, and you go take it outside. I mean, I know when I was a kid, I I both raced my car and I also played it in the street at the same time. So um, you know, I, I think that. The, the the real avenue I think is really really with short course. <clears throat> yeah, I mean that's that's well that's that's possible. Everything is a lot faster. I mean look at the tracks with a Millennium system. My goodness, out of out of control. <laughs> That and your 1,200 milliamp battery only lasted four minutes, so. <laughs> <laughs> you only had four minutes to break it in, not 15. <laughs> I thought maybe it was going to it was going to be a situation where people were going to transition from, from the short courses to stadium trucks, but it, it seems to be just too many classes uh, you know, to have to support mm-hmm. that to work at a club level. Yeah, I agree. We just need to get rid of short course. Uh, there's a bring back stadium truck <laughs> Facebook page. What's What's funny is it's like what I notice about that page <clears throat> is um, it's people that like are pulling a stadium truck out of their garage or their closet, and you're like, it's like that's not the part. That's not w- the way I see it. Like, it's not bring back stadium truck, like, pull it out of your garage, like a, you know, Chad T2 from 1995, you know, it's like, <laughs> to me, it's like, you're, you're getting a current T, uh, stadium truck and you're going to race it. You're not like pulling out your vintage one, <clears throat> but yeah, you know what, uh, Paul made this comment a couple years ago is he's like, you know. He's like, these short course trucks, (laughs) he said, the short course trucks are so hard to drive. He's like, we might actually teach people how to be better drivers and buggy because if you make it through short course, then when you run a buggy, you're like, man, this thing is a cape lock. It's got more more traction. It doesn't want to flip over. It jumps better. Um, But we kind of, we've gone a little overboard with the, we always do this in every class, but it's gone a little crazy in short course, you know, when, when we went, um, you know, now it's, you dialing the thing in like a buggy, you know. Yeah, it all comes down to tires again. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I, it's it's yeah. too bad that the short course class has kind of went that direction. Um I think it would have been. I don't know. It's it's hard to say. I mean, with racing, it's always going to want to migrate to that. You know, we have to go faster, and and everything's got to be faster. We can't stick to some spec where you use tires that are more realistic or bodies that are more realistic or whatever whatever that that case is there. And 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 like, I, I don't know. It's too bad that it's not like that because when it when it first started, um, it was it was very. It was pretty authentic. It was pretty. It was pretty cool that way, and I think that's what made it really take off at first. And now it's kind of went away from that. Yeah, I think you're right. You know, um, you know obviously we we've, we've been a part of that over time, is making all the current tires for short course, and um, mm-hmm. you know we we've noticed it um, having an effect on the racing. There was a time where I thought that it um, it it was doing so well the class, and it the class is really thirsty for, you know, new bodies and new tires and wheels. You know, that peaked out about 2011 area. Mm -hmm. Um, And, um, and I think people really enjoyed it, but, you know, coming off of that, um, that the buggy started becoming so popular that I think it really, their interest in short course just completely went away. Um, from a racing standpoint and they're like, man, if I'm going to do all these upgrades to my short course, I might as well just 
run my buggy or two buggy classes. Yeah. So, I don't know. I'd like to see it stick around because it is a great entry-level class. Um, It's honestly probably our our only uh, entry-level class we have in RC right now because there's not very many RTRs available for racing buggies and stuff anymore. Um, I'm a little surprised. I'm actually a little surprised by that, that nobody, none of the companies have came out with a ready-to-run mid-motor car yet. Um, I don't think anybody has one that's technically out. I mean, of course, you could convert a low-C ready-to-run buggy or something like that, but I don't think it uh, has the ability to be a mid-motor car right out of the box. Yeah, you'd have to... Yeah, if the question is is how if it's going to be a race car or a pseudo race car, how much do you outfit it? You know how um, how raceable mm-hmm. is it out of the box? Sure. Um, you know, I've been saying for a while that it'd be nice to have a very raceable car out of the box, but the price tag kind of says otherwise. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I imagine they it would be quite pricey. You know, I said to somebody we were, this was when we were running the Nationals at uh, um, West Coast was a couple of years ago, and mm-hmm. we were breaking in, we were breaking in some tires for Mayfield, and I was like, I was like, hey, give me your car, I'm going to go outside in the street and drive it and break in your tires a little bit, so he just hands me the car on the radio, <clears throat> you know, and I was kind of like, for a minute, I was like, man, this is cool, I'm driving Mayfield's car on the street, you know, <laughs> and... Um, and then I started thinking, I'm like, man, it'd be really cool if you could buy this car, you know, it's like for the people out there that, uh, don't have the ability to build such a nice car or, um, they just, or they don't care about the cost and they just want to buy, you know, the most badass car. Um, you know, that would have been, but you know, I'm looking at it and I'm like, like this is probably a thousand dollar before if he has his radio. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it's that's, how that's crazy the thing. You it, get. it really adds up. Yeah, that's that's right. You know, I mean, you know, where where do you stop? I guess. Mhm. It's like you go from a slash that's two hundred dollars, but it's ready to run. But if you want to find <laughs> the before at the time, it's probably a thousand dollar car. Um, yeah. Of course, the radio. It's probably actually more than that, but. You know, the radio itself is over $500. So, yeah. um, you know, obviously that's a big chunk of it. You know, if you use the more of a budget radio, um, the price would be better. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I wonder. I, yeah. I, I just kind of wonder if you couldn't have, um, you know, more more, more just a, a ready-to-run, uh, just, just the car itself. So, you, you, yeah, might not have a radio with it, but I think, I think mm-hmm. the uh, overall you could build a a kit that had a, um, a a very capable buggy with a, you know, a servo and a speed control in it or something like that, um, you know, for, for, wouldn't be that out of line, you know, mm-hmm. um, just, just the car itself. Well, I guess now that we're kind of talking ourselves into that area, I mean, uh, if you take the radio out of the picture, yeah. um, you, uh, that's associated now, I guess this kind of leads into another question, but, uh, you know, you got associated who has their own car, they have, uh, they have their own speed control and Reedy, they have their own motors and Reedy, they have their own servo for the XP right. digital. Um, they're pretty damn close to being able to put together a pretty factory ride, um, with their own products. <laughs> Yeah, that is, I think, one advantage that they're going to have going forward. Um, if they, if they can, uh, you know, continue to develop this this speed control, um, you know, into into other products, not not just a full race version, of course, uh, you know, have something that's that's more uh, oriented towards maybe a stock class or uh, something of that nature. Um, you know, that kind of gets away from what we were saying, where you want just this full-blown race vehicle. But you know, do you really need a, you know, a two hundred and twenty, two hundred and thirty dollars speed control to be, to go the same speed at a club race? Probably not. <laughs> um, yeah. 
And, uh, you know, you, you could conceivably, you know, a company like, like Associated where they do have all of those products under one, under one, um, you know, company, um, you know, they, they maybe have the ability to do something like that. And I think it would be pretty cool. You know, and then, Honestly, I think a lot of people it, would like it. Yeah. I mean, I think it, you know, it does have the potential for a ton of success. Yeah. I, th- I think it's kind of funny. I think, I think we've kind of talked about this, you and I, Jay, about a few times and, and I know, I know you kind of, you, you got to feel the same way I do, but most of the racers nowadays are really lazy. <laughs> Um, mm-hmm. I, I remember back in early 2000s and, and, and even, you know, before 2000, you know, all the motor stuff that we used to do and, and, you know, every run you had your car, your, your motor out of your car to cut the com and put brushes in it. Um, you know, the batteries were, were constant work. You ran them one time a night. You had to have six of them just to go racing. Um, you know, the, the, nowadays everybody's kind of spoiled. You have one, one battery and I don't even take it out of my car. <laughs> um, <laughs> You pretty much can be as lazy as, as, as you really want to be, or you can get as serious as you want to be. And, and, and really, there's not much difference in performance on the on the track, uh-huh. <clears throat> which is, which is yeah, a good I mean, thing for I, RC. You know, what what I kind of saw, too, was the, um, you know, going back, going back to that, I mean, it's getting to the point where the battery is almost built into the car. It's getting to the point where, you know, you, you can use that one battery pack, you know, not that that's the safest way to do it with charging and lipos, but, yeah. um, you know, it's almost becoming part of the car now, the way they look, the way they fit. Um, you know, when I look at mine now in the pits, I'm like, why is there even a battery strap on this thing? You know, it's like, <laughs> let's just build this bat, let's just build this battery into the car already. You know, get it done. Yeah, I wish the battery just had like screw mounts from the bottom, and you just bolted it in. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It be... It's like, oh, I gotta take my. Then, then you're like, oh, I gotta take my battery out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. It has. But, it's it's really know, it's really pretty unreal. But you know, then the other thing, uh, you know, going back to your one battery, it's like we were talking to Paul Lemieux once on the show, and he was telling us the on road nationals last year. He took one battery to the race for touring car. He's like, I have one battery. <laughs> yeah, we we gave him a hard time about that when he came back because he told us we're like seriously. <laughs> but it, you can I'm do like, that though. That's that's the thing. Mm-hmm. When um, when I was running touring car when with nickel metal hydride, <clears throat> it, uh, runtime was such an issue that if I went to a state series race in Florida to race with Paul and the guys that were really fast, I would buy new batteries for the race. Like I would have to build three batteries for modified touring car to like be competitive. And yeah. it's like Paul Lemieux going, yeah. going to uh, the nationals and he's like, well, you know, whatever's in my car, that's fine. Yeah, I mean, you know, back when when Trackside had you know, they had their touring car track and they had the U.S. Touring Car Championships, and I was working there at the time. I mean, we would build a thousand batteries <laughs> like over the weekend because people would just buy new batteries just constantly. Everybody bought everything new every time for that race, and I mean, everybody mm-hmm. had five or six of them. You would just sit there and just solder away for people because you know most people you know they didn't build them or they couldn't solder or whatever the case was, and and you would just constantly be building building stuff like that. And now, like you said, one battery go to a race, unbelievable. Could you imagine today if you just gave a person a, a box of cells and you said, and you, "All right, let me buy a battery pack," and you hand them a box of the cells and they're like. Okay, I'm ready. And you're like, well, no, you need bat- you need battery bars, and they'd be like, yeah. What? And then yeah. they'd say, well, what do I, what do I do with these? And you're like, well, you have to solder them to the cell. Well, yeah. What? Yeah, yeah. It would it would be it would be difficult for for them to fathom. I mean, I I've been a big promoter of you know helping kids around our track, and and I've always been I always think that the you know the the team guys should really be emphasizing their time when they're club racing or whenever they're around the track, helping people like that. And you tell a, a kid that's, you know, 
14, 15 year old that's that's racing and he's doing pretty well. That that you used to have to do stuff like that and they look at you like you're crazy. Um, yeah. and and they basically look at you like, well, I would never even do this if I had to do all that stuff. Um, yeah. And that's kind of it's kind of sad at the same time, but um, it's kind of the reality of where the racing has went. Yeah, you know, essentially now we're racing almost RTR type cars. I mean. We're talking about making it even easier, having the whole thing built. But essentially, at this point, <laughs> the thing is, it is easy. You build it right out of the box, like you said. You put a couple yeah. bling parts on it. You get your body custom painted, and the thing just keeps running until you break it. Yeah, <laughs> like yeah. you know, before the things like a you know, it's like a space shuttle tore down each race, and new mo- you know motor retrue, you know, yeah. unsolder yeah. the battery. Every every single run, there was a lot of stuff. There wasn't yeah. much time for chit chat between your races. <laughs> no, I mean at the race we were just at, we talked about it last week in uh, Massachusetts Mayfield. There was so much time between his races, he went and bought a rock crawler to go play with. <laughs> his uh, his race cars were ready. He's like, he's like, I'm running the same tires. He goes, I charged it. He goes, it's working good. I'm just gonna go outside and do some rock crawling. Yeah. So yeah, yeah that's funny. but it is. Now that's all we need is we need the race tires uh, mounted up for us when we get them, and we'll be ready to rock. Yeah, just just order them. Uh, if you want them scuffed in, let us know. We'll scuff them in yeah. for you. Exactly. I mean, you don't. You got nothing better to do, right, Jay? I'll do it. No, personally, okay. I'm out there. <laughs> it's like how many how many burnouts do you want on me? <laughs> uh, yeah. So we got the spectrum coming up. Uh, are you going to any other races uh, the rest of the year here? Um, the only other race I may end up uh, end up at is um, Hobby Plexus, the last JC Finals uh, for the National okay. Tour. Um, I haven't decided yet, and it kind of depends on my work, but. Um, that's really the only thing that I that I, I've thought about. Um, besides, that, I don't actually have anything planned. That'll be great if you can go. <clears throat> it was a very interesting and unique track last year. Um, I think it was partially the weather. It was pretty uh, pretty dismal, I guess you'd call it. It was snowing and sleeting and all kinds of stuff. I don't think it really helped. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, it was like 16 degrees, which was probably nothing for you, but. <laughs> um, I remember that time we we flew to Motorama and we met up in uh, Cleveland and you're telling me you yeah. left your house and it was like 30 below and I'm just like <laughs> what? Yeah, that was that was that was that was crazy that that trip. Uh, that was it was really really cold. <laughs> it was negative four degrees I, or something like that on the plane when we got on. I was like, you got to be kidding me. <laughs> yeah, I, I was like, did you just say 30 below? <laughs> like, like I just left Florida. It was like eighty degrees. <laughs> so, yeah, um, it's good stuff. We're gonna have fun there at that race at Hobby Flex. The interesting yeah. type track with the super high driver stand. It's kind of a big track. Yeah, the slope ceiling is kind of a weird perspective too. Um, when you're driving on that track. <clears throat> Kind of gives you this feeling that you're falling off the driver's stand the whole time you're driving. Yeah, you're like, it's like you're sliding down. Yeah. We had this event. We, um, I've raced at a couple of years, the Southern Nationals in uh, Louisiana, and they build. <clears throat> you know how the Motorama driver stands are like kind of that scaffolding. Sure. But it's but it's like one the the electric ones like one or a half a level of scaffolding. Well, at this race, they're like three stacks high. Um, yeah. With that. Wow. And, you, and you know how you walk on those, you walk on those planks and they bend and all that stuff. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, when you go up there to, to drive, you're kind of a little freaked out. You know, it is really <laughs> high and you can kind yeah. of feel the thing moving. If I got a guy having a meltdown, <laughs> you know, and he shakes, he shakes, he shakes this thing, you know, I'm gonna like, 
<laughs> well, you just need to wear a parachute next time. <laughs> An emergency parachute. <laughs> yeah, parachute right down to my Marshall's position. <laughs> there you go. So, I don't know, talk to us a little bit about the, you've been running the Reedy speed controls now. We talked about, a little bit about that earlier, but, um, sure. you know, uh, you know, we kind of went around your two-wheel buggy and four-wheel and short course, but uh, talk about your electrical a little bit and what people can, you know, the Reedy guys out there can kind of get excited about the, the speed of. Yeah, it's, it's um, I've had it for now, oh, something like, well, it's right around, right around three months, something like that. Um, and uh, I kind of been one of the fortunate ones. There's a programming box um, to, to be able to make some adjustments to it. Not everybody's really got one of those, so I've been very fortunate that way. But um, it's not 100% needed, but when I got the speed controls, we didn't have uh, kind of some standard settings to go on them. Um, now that they're going to be released, they do have some some standard profiles built into them that, that work pretty good <laughs> that a lot of the other guys that uh, have uh, received them recently um, have been running in with some decent success. Um, but it, it's been, they've been very, they're, they're really robust. They're, they're strong. I mean, they're, uh, I haven't really seen one, uh, you know, fail anywhere, which is always a bonus for electronics because everybody knows how, uh, how much of a bummer that is when you spend a couple hundred dollars on something and it fails. But uh, yeah. they've been really, really good, and um, the you know software has been working good on them, and the little programming boxes—it's pretty cool because you can really adjust uh, them to really do anything, um, and you can really actually get yourself in kind of a kind of trouble too if you mess around with it too much because you can end up on some settings that really make it feel feel weird. But um, it's really neat because it gives you a ton of flexibility, which is. Uh, you know, really, really cool compared to, you know, I was running the LRP stuff before, and we just had a few settings you could change. And uh, these really allow you to, to do a lot of changes. But uh, they've been working really good. Um, I mean, besides that, I, I run the Fataba servos. That stuff works really well. Um, I haven't really had any problems that on that end. Um, and uh, Fataba just came out with a new radio, which uh, is the 4PX. Um the screen's really cool. Everybody that sees it is, is uh, they're really they're really impressed with it. Um, the new receiver that they have um, is kind of neat too because it gives you a bunch of data from your from your uh, your receiver. It gives you stuff like voltages and signal strengths, and it'll tell you the you know, temps of stuff. It tells you the temp from the from the receiver, and there's all kinds of cool stuff. It's it's very fancy compared to anything we've had before. So. Um, but uh, yeah, all, I mean, all the electronics stuff's been been pretty good. Um, you know, there's, there's always there's always little glitches in electronics, and uh, you know, but but in general, yeah, very good, very good stuff. What do you see? Um, you had a really good result, you know, Roar Nationals this year. I think would you make a two wheel two wheel mod main, right? Yep. Yep. What do you think of the you know that that race, and you know, how do you think you did there? Yeah, it was um that was my first time running in Florida and uh that was a challenge mentally, uh that, that race. Um I know uh you know, I I talked to yourself many times in the past about you know, what it's kind of been you know, like running on Florida tracks and stuff like that. It's uh it's very challenging because they change a lot. At least this track did. Um and uh, mm-hmm. my understanding is they all kinda do that. And uh, you you have to stay pretty uh, you have to stay pretty mentally strong to to not over uh, get overexcited or, or you know overcompensate. Oh, I gotta go do this. Oh, I gotta do this. You get you really have to to stay focused. You know, have confidence in what you did before you got to the race, and and kind of just just keep strong and keep pushing. Um, never really give up. And uh, I think the race this year it was it was pretty fun. I mean, the competition at the race was unbelievable. There was so many good people there. Um, yeah, that's what I know, thought. Just to, I mean, it, it was it was really easy to go from a fifth place run or a you know top five run to a you know twentieth place run with with a, a few second bobble, um, and mm-hmm. and that's that's pretty that's pretty awesome when it's like that. You know, I I thought too. I mean, I was like, this has got to be the most competitive match I think I've ever seen. It was. Yeah, crazy. I think so too. I would agree with that for sure. Um, definitely the most competitive I've ever been to. 
And then everybody complained about the weather, though, right? <laughs> yeah, everybody. <laughs> the weather did stink. I'll give him that. <laughs> Every everybody had to make sure to tell me, you know. Um, it's kind of like you know, you you invite. It's like you invite people over your mom's house for dinner, and she cooks like the worst food. You know, it's like that's how the Nationals was. You know, it's like, yeah. hey, come to the Nationals. You know, it's like, you know, it's like a thousand thousand degrees out there, and you're in this building, and everyone's just like, I, you know, I can't believe, I can't remember how many times people, I can't believe you lived here. This is horrible. Yeah, that that happened a lot. What I can't believe, Jay, is that you wear pants all the time. That's unreal. That's my, I would have died yeah. if I was wearing pants. <laughs> yeah. I, well, that was part of staying mentally strong. Ah, there you go. <laughs> you know, it, it's, uh, yeah, I mean, it, it was unfortunate the race was in August, but, you know, uh, <clears throat> it, it, but it did. It turned out, you know, the race, I think, actually turned out pretty good. You know, we were having our doubts, um, you know, coming up to the race of how much um, time. They, they were going to have to to make things uh, for the nationals, and you know, I, I thought it went okay. Um, you know, it was only a couple months ago. I mean, I, I mean, what was it, two months ago? And it already feels like it's been yeah. a year. But yeah, yeah, it has. But, I, I you, think you the thing, a lot of us were really panicking when it came to about Thursday, um, and the track really hadn't changed a whole lot. Um, <laughs> yeah, it was still it was still just so slippery, um, and and no matter what you tried to do, I mean, you could try different tires. You, I mean, a lot of people were really scrambling, and people were trying all kinds of stuff that you normally wouldn't do, and really nothing, really nothing worked. It was just kind of you were out there, and everybody was doing the same thing, and uh, people people that you know normally wouldn't struggle. We're struggling, and and that's when he knew it was kind of weird. But that was still happening on Thursday, and all of us are like, "Oh my goodness, what are we going to do?" And then it really came around, um, you know, that afternoon and and the rest of the race. And I, the, the track really was it was pretty good after that. Yeah, by the time we were qualifying, you know, the second round or uh, you know even the first round, and it got to the mm-hmm. point where I remember maybe the third or fourth round, I'm like, you know, the track's actually pretty good right now. It's hard to drive. Yeah. I mean, it was a hard. Um, you know, people were kind of laughing at the layout before everybody ran, but I'm like, you know, when you add a bunch of traction, this elevation, all of a sudden this thing becomes really hard, you know? It's, yeah. So yeah. You don't need, you don't I actually need really enjoyed the layout. Yeah. Yeah. I, I thought it was, I thought it was that the, the, the kind of up down corkscrew hills through the, the pits and, and stuff like that. It was, it was really, it was really challenging and really fun. So, with your with your A main run, Chad at the Nats, <clears throat> yep. um, you're that that puts you in invitational, right, for the Reedy race? Yeah, yeah, I'm excited about that. <clears throat> that'll be the second time, so it's going to be fun. What do you think about racing in the invitational? For guys that don't know what it's like, I mean, obviously you're a, you're an A main driver at the Nationals. Uh, and then you get in a race with a bunch of people that are, um, you know, say it's a 30, 32 race, you know, racer field. Um, you know, you got a lot of people that are just as fast as you. What do you think it's like out there? Well, very challenging. (laughs) (laughs) I, I, I think most of the time, I, I, my last experience, um, it was still when it was at West Coast. I wasn't able to get to the Reedy race last year. Um, and um, I, it, it was it was both enjoyable and it kind of wasn't fun at the same time. Um, yeah, after, after a while, you kind of get tired of driving around in fifth and sixth place because mm-hmm. it's kind of reality that, you know, myself um, – I, I don't normally run at the front of the pack, even when I'm in a mains. I, I, I'm I'm normally a midfield guy, and that's kind of the way it is. And I, I accept that, and and I you know I try to do better than that, but that's the way it is. But at that race, if you're not winning races, you really don't stand a chance to win. So mm-hmm. it's kind of uh, demoralizing almost <laughs> when you're running around there in, in the the middle of the pack. 
but it's it's really fun because you're racing against guys, you know, your same speed. The racing's normally really pretty darn good. Um, even even way back in the in the packs, back in fifth, sixth, seventh place, you know. Um, and, and so it, it's kind of it's kind of both. It, it's 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 really cool. And, and if you ever if anybody gets a chance to do it, always take it because it's it's super fun. But um, it, it's also it can it's it's tough and it can be frustrating. Yeah, I mean, I know from my experience, I just it was I was when I raced in it, I was like, how can these same guys, no matter where they start, they always end up ahead of me? Like, <laughs> like unreal. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, it's funny how there's a certain crew of guys that always have that ability to. I don't know how they do it, but it's like you know, in my day of racing, the Invitational was Kinwald and Pavitas and. Ken Walbert starting tenth, and by lap by lap three, he's in second. You know, and <laughs> yeah. like, I was like, what's weird is it's not only he's making making passes on people, but it seems like like pile ups happen, and he's the guy that just he's two steps ahead of everybody, and it's like, you know, it's like yeah. while he's driving his car, it's almost like he's laughing. You know, <laughs> there's a pile <laughs> going around. You know, it's like, and and it's like. It's weird how that how it works, but um, yeah, yeah, it really. Is. Like you said, I, I I found it frustrating too when I wasn't competitive as I wanted to be. Um, right. And the times that I had the best experiences is when I was competitive in it. You know, I get a couple yeah. seconds or thirds, and I felt like all right, I kind of I belong in this, and it's going pretty well, and. If I could finish in the top ten, I was like pumped, you know. Yeah, um, I, I think doing it the first time, you know, uh, you know, when I when I did it the first time, I, I think it was you 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 took I, I took too many times when when I was when I was finishing in the the middle of the pack, um, you know, something like that. It, it, it I took it to heart too much that I, I was failing, you know. Um, yeah. that I wasn't, I wasn't doing as good as I, as I wanted to be, or, you know, whatever you, whatever, however you want to say that. Um, and I think, I think, you know, this time around, I'm going to enjoy just racing, you know, the physical racing, mm-hmm. you, you know, maybe, maybe I'll do really well. Who knows? You know, I, I don't know. You, you get on that weekend, you, you never know. But, um, you know, if I'm not, I think, I think the, the mentality needs to be have fun racing, whoever you're racing against, doesn't matter who it is. Um, and kind of try to just keep up beat that way and maybe surprise, you know, maybe how well you do. Yeah. I mean, I think you have to look at that, look at it like, you know, I got to beat anybody that I can. Um, yeah. If it's a, if it's a fifth, I want to get a fifth, you know, because at the end of the day, sometimes those are going to be really good finishes for you. Um, yeah, they they, they really could be. You're right. So I think, you know, that is the mindset sometimes, you know, I think, uh, when you're racing locally or you're racing people that you normally beat, when you get a bad start, you're always like, well, I'll catch up to you. Okay. Um, yeah. In that, in that racing, you get a bad start and you're just like Cavalier's half a lap ahead of me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, now, now what do cool. I do? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, what am I going to reel them in? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Maybe his car will blow up. No. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> so, yeah, I think it's like, well, it's all right. Well, let's make the most of this. If I can pull a fifth or, you know, get into a fourth, it's like, that's a pretty good run. Yeah, it really and, is. Uh, and that's, that's what you have to remember is that you are racing against everybody that is, that is, the, you know, supposedly the best, you know, and, and, and everybody's, everybody's there. Um, your fourth place isn't so bad when you're racing against people like that. Absolutely. And, and you know what? Um, there were some people last year doing that at the rate. Um, you know, they're kind of making the most of what they had and, and, uh, it, it made it, it made it pretty entertaining. You know, I think yeah. those guys did pretty well. Um, you know, there, there's always the guys that get off to a bad start and it's hard to break out of the seven, eight and nines, but, um, if you can get up there in the four range and get some threes and uh, it's like you're, you get to be closer to the mix. And I think that's what makes it fun. 
Yeah, um, yeah, exactly. When they, when they start throwing the, they start tabulating the points after each round, and you're like, man, I'm like, I'm only three points out of ten. There are three points out of seven, you know? Yeah, yeah, exactly. I got my front row exactly. start coming up. <laughs> yep. <clears throat> Glass half full. Well, I keep the glass half full. Yes, glass half full. There's a guy that we used to joke locally how he uh, anytime there's a point series race, any type of a series, you know, like a five or six race series, he's like, do you almost notice how everybody's scenario going into the last race is? Well, if I TQ and win, then I'll have this many points. You know, he's like, that's everybody's scenario. And he's always like, he's like, wait a second. He's like, have you ever TQ'd in one race? <laughs> but, yeah. Class half full. Yeah. Well, that's about all the questions I got for Chad, other than good luck at the Reedy and hope to see him at the Omaha. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So they good luck at the spectrum, kick some butt. Yeah, I hope so. It's gonna be fun, a lot of lot of lot of fun competition this year. Well, thanks for joining us, Chad. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Talk to you soon. Say bye to everybody, Chad. <laughs> bye, everybody. <laughs> <laughs>